Welcome back to Weekend Watchlist, a look at what's screening and streaming brought to you by the Letterboxd Show. I am Mia. He's Slim. Yellow. And they're Mitchell. Yellow. And together, we will dig through what's dropping in 2024, what's in our own personal watchlist for the year, and we'll also make our own shocking predictions for what's going to happen to the current size of our watchlists. We're back, baby. One final time? Question mark? Okay, so we normally talked about upcoming movies for that particular weekend, but this episode, we're going down the list to reveal the most watch-listed movies coming this year, 2024. And if you're all, I know you're all listening right now. You're all thinking, oh my God, it's so great to hear Mia Slim and Mitchell back. We've been, <laughs> we've been demanding it. We needed it. For all of you sending us your your letters, your telegrams, your your pigeon messages, asking asking when we're coming back. Well, we can tell you right now, the three of us, we're, we've been working hard. We've been working hard down in the, the letterbox mines, you know, scraping the coal, trying to come up with some new, a new podcast idea. And it's, it's going to be the three of us. It could be something even bigger than just a pod. I don't know. Look out for your local listings. But at the very least, we're going to be watching movies. We're going to be chatting about them. Just just give us some time. Just give us some time. Enjoy enjoy what you have for now. Please give us some time. Please. Please, please, please. Okay, so this is how this episode is going to go down. We are going to look through the list of the top 10 most watch-listed movies on Letterboxd coming out in 2024. And then from there, we'll go roundtable style through each of us to see which movies in particular we are most excited about. And some of the ones that are sitting in our own watch list just waiting, begging to be checked off. God, I have... We'll get into it. Well, I have so so much to talk about for my watch list. The end of 2023, moving into the new year. New year, new me. But first things first, let's reveal the top 10 most watch listed movies of the year so far as of recording. And we'll start with number 10, Wicked Part 1, directed by John M. Chu. Tentatively scheduled for November 27th, Universal Pictures. Wicked tells the story of El Faba. The future Wicked Witch of the West and her relationship with Glinda, the Good Witch of the North, the first of a two-part feature film adaptation of the Broadway musical. My God, Wicked. When I used to commute into Manhattan back in those days, uh, there were Wicked posters everywhere in Penn Station. You couldn't escape like a poster about Wicked or someone knew about Wicked, the show. Uh, I don't really have, I have not seen Wicked, but I know it's about like the witches. Of Oz, right? That's so true. So true, Slim. It is totally about the witches of Oz. My big confession is that even though I am a musical theater aficionado and I'm in a group chat called Broadway Bimbos, I still have never <laughs> seen Wicked. What oh, the heck? Is, what's I know going on? it's messed up, and it's it's actually really humiliating that I haven't. But there's there hasn't been a movie musical of it. And, you know, when you're like a high schooler in Beaverton, Oregon, obsessed with musicals, all you have are movie musicals because you can't. It's it's a bit harder to go out and see them. Um, so I guess high school me will finally figure out what the deal is with Wicked and I can finally fit in my with my high school theater peers um, a couple years too late, a decade too late. Do they not have Broadway in L.A.? Is that not a thing in Los Angeles? Uh you know, Broadway shows, 
hitting the LA scene. They we get, let's get the in, touring. Let's dig into it. Let's figure it yeah, out. Yeah, let's dig into. <laughs> should, shall we dig into the musical theater culture of Mitch? This is what the podcast is about Mitch now. Mitch already annoyed <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the amount of Broadway musical talk happening in this episode. and wants it to end. <laughs> no, we get the touring. You know, we get the touring shows. That's the last thing I'll say. Yeah. Is that I have okay. upped my musical theater game, and I have been seeing them more. So okay, okay. All don't right. don't take this away from me. I'm still the musical theater girl of this yeah. pod. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I've never I've never seen a show. Uh, at, you know, per what Mia was saying in little old Delaware over here, uh, there's no, there's Slim, will you believe there's no Broadway in Delaware, but <laughs> there's, there's not a lot in Delaware. There's, no, I, I feel there's like me though. Frank. There's me. That's all yeah, we need. Yeah, there's, there's me. There's, there's a lie here. In, in some respects, there's a lie here. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I need to, I'm not, I'm not up on the, the, the musical theater game. I need to, me and Dominic Sessa need to hang out and, you know, he needs to take me to, yeah, to why his, isn't he his in big this? shows. Why isn't he? What, what are you doing, buddy? Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, like you slip, like I remember like this, this show was like talked about, con- like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing this thing mm-hmm. talked about like a decade ago when it first, when it was getting all these Tony nominations and wins and everything like that. And the thing that I know about Wicked the movie is that it's been like in development for over a decade. They've been trying to get this thing made. They like first announced it in 2012. It like its first release date was in 2016 and it's gone through Sheesh. like so many different sites. Like Anne Hathaway was going to be in it at one point. I think uh, Kristen Chenoweth and Idina Menzel who like played the parts on stage were going to be in it. And now we're coming to, it's like Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande, which I think Grande in particular is like a really interesting casting choice that mm. I, like could go, you know, either way. Like maybe she's going to be amazing. Maybe she's not like, I'm, I'm certainly interested in seeing, uh, how she does. And then like for a big movie like this, you know, uh, they got Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Yeoh, like in the, in the supporting cast, they're bringing in like heavy hitters in the supporting cast. Um, I think. Such as Bowen Yang as well. Bowen Yang also in it. Letterbox member Bowen Yang. Letterbox own Bowen Yang. Um, yeah, I'm just really interested in seeing, I'm interested in seeing how many people show up for this movie with it coming out like so long after the Broadway show was like the big talk of the town. Also interested in seeing it, like they're just going all in marketing as Wicked Part One, which is a bold move yeah. uh, right now. Like we'll see how many people show up in the theaters for a part one. I do have some friends that have seen it, and I feel like they were kind of shocked that it, they were turning into two parts. Mm. Like I feel it they had seen the show, sense. and they were yeah, they were curious like how are they going to do that? It Classic really divergent, uh, divergent franchise move. Oh, it's just that if you can fit. Lay Miserable into one movie. I don't understand why you can't mm. fit Wicked into one movie, but. All right, what's next on our list, Mia? Okay, what's number nine? What's number nine? Oh, it is The Bike Riders, directed by Jeff Nichols. This is coming out June 21st via Focus Features. It follows the rise of a Midwestern motorcycle club as it evolves over the course of a decade from a gathering place for local outsiders into a more sinister gang, threatening mm. the original group's way of life. This stars Jodie Comer, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy. He's back, folks. Michael Shannon, Mike Feist, Boyd Holbrook, Norman Reedus. Oh, Walking Dead, right? That's Walking Dead boy. Man, he's a man. That's not a boy. (laughs) He is a man now. (laughs) That's a full man. This this had already been out for a bit, right? But it it didn't have, it has a story. It it played at some festivals and then it was going to be released uh, December of last year by Disney but they are like 20th century studios through Disney. And then they like at the last minute dropped it from their calendar and started shopping it around. I think cause of like SAG strike, like they just like didn't want to put it out anymore. Mm-hmm. And then uh focus bought it. So like it, 
It played at festivals. We have some reviews for it. We've got oh. some reviews. Some some folks chiming Please. in. I'll read, I'll read Paulo Yama's review uh, where he says that the bike riders really succeeds for me as an aesthetic slash vibes piece more than anything else. Butler and Hardy so charismatic that they do imbue these characters with something despite the source material making for a little sparse of an actual story. A lot of guys you just love seeing show up and stuff being scumbags in denim jackets. I mean, that like for me looking at this cast list with these guys, Boyd Holbrook, Tom Hardy, like do I want to see these guys sweaty in leather jackets? Of course. Yeah. Of course I do. Mm-hmm. Cosplaying to see this movie in theaters, maybe. Uh, Mia, where do you stand on on Jeff Nichols? Take Shelter, Midnight Special, all bangers. Oh, oh, I love Jeff Nichols. I love Take Shelter. I think that is just an incredible film. Michael Shannon, we love you so, so, so much. And I I, I also really enjoy their cinematic partnership together, Michael and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, do you guys remember that footage we got at Tribeca of Alexander Skarsgård kissing Michael Shannon's neck? Did you guys ever watch that? How could that? you forget? It's, I just want to say, it's insane the amount of like, crazy moments that we've had in the last 12 months. And that wasn't even that long ago. And and it's just wild. We're talking about the future year 2024 now. And it's like, who knows what's even going to happen? What is going to even happen? What are we going to be talking about six months from now? Which two celebrities are we going to get to kiss next? Uh, (laughs) Submit who you would like to see kiss. And we'll try to get that for you. Podcast at letterbox.com. <laughs> yes, yes, we get real letters with celebrity names. Please get so and so to kiss. Thanks, love the show. <laughs> but yeah, I I, I, lo- I love Jeff Nichols. I love Midnight Special that knocked me on my A when I first saw it, and Take Shelter I really enjoy as well. So I, I, you know, you talk about bike riders, leather jackets. Uh, I want to see this. I need a motorcycle. I've been talking about it for a really long time. If if anybody knows me in my personal life, I've been talking for a while about how I want a motorcycle. Yeah, and it's gonna. Th- this is the year. I need to get. It. I'm gonna see bike riders, and I'm gonna get on my hog, and I'm gonna ride my way home. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only reason you want a motorcycle is so you can say that in conversation. Ah, uh, sorry, hog. no, I can't have dinner tonight. I need to go get on my hog and ride down the streets of Delaware. <laughs> Gotta go hop on the hog, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Hitman, guys. Let's talk about Please. Richard Linklater. Hogman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Hogman if you're joining us uh, this week listening to Weekend Watch List. Starring, starring and co-written by Glenn Powell with his old pal Linklater. These two linked up for uh, Everybody Wants Some a while back. They're back together. The synopsis for Hitman, a cop working undercover as the most in-demand hitman in Houston breaks protocol in order to help a desperate woman escape her abusive boyfriend. How many hitmen do we think are working in Houston wow. right now? One and how many do you think are helping women escape abuse? (laughs) That's hey, that's refreshing to see. That's allyship. Wow, you gotta appreciate it. School of Rock, uh. (laughs) It needs no introduction. Obviously, one of the greatest films ever made. And Mitchell, I feel like you also had a, an amazing interview this past year on Journal, right? That was this past year, right? That that alarmingly was less than twelve months ago. I spoke with the man himself, Dick Linklater, as he asked me to call him. Um, about dazed and confused. I mean, this man, like he is, he is just running through it. He is, he's, you know, he's going wild. He's one of the the icons. And this movie, honestly, this played at some festivals last year, like the bike riders, and it kind of snuck up. Like there wasn't a ton of like buzz going into it. Um, and then it started playing at like Venice, Telluride, uh, New York Film Festival, and it was getting rave reviews. Right now it's sitting at 3.9 average on Letterboxd. Mia, what, what, do you remember hearing anything about, about Hitman when it was playing at the fests? 
Yes, I have heard that this is the film that is going to transform Glenn Powell into a full-fledged movie star, and I, for one, am very excited. I have been a big fan of his since he played preppy frat boy Chad Radwell on Scream Queens. I don't know. (laughs) I doubt you two watched Scream Queens, Ryan Murphy's Scream Queens. But he he stole the show. I'm not kidding. He was a big reason as to why I kept tuning in. He has such impeccable comic timing. Um, So I really believe in this script. I've also heard it is very, very horny. And that is always, always welcome on the big screen. He's bringing back sexy cinema, right? Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, there. I mean, the reviews are definitely backing up what Mia is saying. Jeff, Jeff Zhang um, on Letterboxd wrote, In a landscape where movies try too hard to be funny and are too afraid to be sexy, Hitman is refreshingly and effortlessly both. Carried by an entertaining popcorn script co-written by Glenn Powell himself, the film is remarkably adept at toggling romance, suspense, and comedy running on the red-hot chemistry between its two searing leads. Yeah, mama mia. I've been seeing a lot of comparisons to Out of Sight in the Letterboxd reviews for this, which is like the hottest movie ever made. That is the hottest movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. If that's what we're getting, I'm lined up. My God, can you imagine an episode, like a, a mystical podcast, the three of us talking about out of sight? What? When? Who could ever dream of something like that? <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, bef- last thing before we go to the next movie, you know, Glenn Powell is going to be in the Twisters, you know, sequel, maybe oh. not sequel reboot. I didn't realize that had the same director as Minari. Yeah, his, bi- his big, his big up. Oh my God. Yeah, get, get that's, it's the reason why I put it on our, um, I don't like putting blockbusters on our letterbox crew year in review, most anticipated of the year, mm-hmm. but Lee Isaac Chung, I threw twisters in there. I yeah. threw that thing in there. Let's you see gotta, it. You gotta, you gotta, I want to see those twisters on the big screen. Uh, next on our list, Furiosa, a Mad Max saga directed by George Miller, tentatively scheduled for May 24th from WB. Uh, synopsis as the world falls, young Furiosa is snatched from the green place of many mothers into the hands of a great biker horde led by the warlord Dementis. Sweeping through the wasteland, they encounter the citadel presided over by a Martin Joe. The two tyrants wage war for dominance, and Furiosa might survive many trials as she puts together the means to find her way home. Must survive. What did I? Sorry, you said might survive. I think she's. I think she must survive. She, she might. She. She might not. We don't know. We don't know. We haven't seen the movie you yet. Watch to find out. Anya Taylor Joy, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Burke, first Mad Max movie without Mad Max. Obviously, the the OG Fury Road is a gigantic film on Letterbox. But how are we feeling about the prequel? George Miller going back with Furiosa. Mitchell, are you excited? What's the vibe? I, you know, I like we all love Fury Road. Obviously, it's great, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sold. I don't like that we need to do prequels for everything. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest, George. Be honest. I'm gonna be honest, George. I'm going into this hesitant. I'm gonna see it. I know. You know, I got faith in yeah. in old pal Georgie Miller, but there's not on on the page. There's not a ton here that I'm like 
oh, I'm so stoked for this. But I also, I'll, you know, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't super stoked for the fourth movie in Mad Max yeah, after, true. you know, 25 years when the last one was Thunderdome. And obviously Figure Road blew me the hell away. So, I, you know, I can't never, never count the man out. I'm, never you know. doubt George Miller. That's yeah. what people say on the streets when you're buying movie tickets. Never doubt him again, bud. Because Fury Road, you doubted him and you were dead wrong. Mia, what do you think? I am a big fan of Anya Taylor-Joy. I'm always rooting for her, um, partially because she was the first ever Letterboxd interview of my career and our first wow. ever interview on Weekend Watch List. So she is part Hell of yeah. our pods And war. she's here right now. Anya, come on <laughs> in. Please welcome come on Anya. Down. Ignore everything I was just saying, girl. That would be girl. cool, huh? <laughs> yeah, ignore <laughs> Hey, bestie. Um, yeah, so because I am rooting for her so much, I would like very, very much for this to be good. And I think that if we all believe hard enough, we can make that happen, even though it does look, you know, a little less practical and more CGI-y than its, mm -hmm. than its processor. But no, no, stop. We are going to believe, okay? We're all going to hold hands believe. virtually and do a prayer circle for Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. For listeners, Slim has his hands up in the air. Right now. Get a at least a three point eight average. <laughs> Let's get that three point eight average at least. Come on. Oh, our next movie. Well, this one hit three point eight. Let's see. Joker. Folly Adieu. Directed by Todd Phillips. Coming out October fourth via WB. The synopsis. Hey, it's simple. A sequel to the twenty nineteen film Joker. That's mm. it. That's all <laughs> all you we need, really I guess. know. Yeah, that's all we really know. Uh, well, we also know that it is a musical and Lady Gaga is stepping into the role of Harley Quinn. That's that's and then that's all we know, I think. Do we know anything that else? Is, that is all we know. We know we know other cast members who are in it, but we don't know I don't think we know who they're playing or anything like that. We just know Joaquin Joker, Gaga Harley, Todd Phillips back in the director's chair. That's that's what we're that's what we're doing. I don't think Scorsese's oh, executive producing this one, but oh, interesting. <laughs> Admittedly, I was not enthralled with the first Joker personally. I don't think any of us were. You can speak for all of us. I I I thought the original kind of like king of comedy, you know, kind of quote unquote did it better. I guess in a matter of speaking, I thought it was kind of treading familiar ground. So now that this is a musical. I still think it's pretty chaotic that that's actually a real thing that's happening right now. So maybe it'll be interesting. I have no idea. Like I said, there's like barely anything out um, about this movie. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like maybe it'll be, this is just wishful thinking. I want it to be like all that jazz. If we're ripping oh off God. movies, like, you know, how Joker ripped off King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. Oh my I think it'd God. Be, it could be cool if this wasn't all that jazz ripoff. I actually don't know if that would be cool. <laughs> but you know I they, they could literally do the same. Maybe they, maybe it'll literally be the same ending too as all that jazz. You know, big musical number. I, guess, I think I'm gonna joke. I think I'm gonna <laughs> joke. <laughs> I can see a me on set of Joker too, and like you know, tapping along with like your little notepad, like making sure he hits all the cues and the lines. Oh my god, Mia, Mia's Bradley Cooper and Maestro, just making sure you know conducting <gasps> the the musical sequences. <laughs> <laughs> Mia Maestro, hey, the actress. Wow. Look at that. Wow. wow. Look there at that. Go. We're putting it all together. Yeah, for me, Joker, Joker 2 is like, it's almost like the the opposite of um, Furiosa for me, where like, jo the, I did not like the first Joker. 
I'm kind of hyped for that. They did it. They like they did it. There was like no way in my life that I could have been like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm you know, stoked to see Joker too. But then they said, not only <laughs> Mitchell, listen, listen, buddy, we're gonna pull you aside here. Not only is Lady Gaga in this movie. Whoa, big. I'm I'm in. I'm already mm-hmm. in. House of Gucci. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> She's playing Harley Quinn. Iconic. Lady character. Gaga playing Harley Quinn. Imagine what that press tour is gonna be like. And. It's a goddamn musical, guys. It's a musical. It's going to be, I'm like, I'm in. I'm watching it. I'm watching it every day, twice on Sunday. Day one ticket buying for Mitchell. Another movie to cast Dominic Sessa in. Where is he? Why isn't he in this? He could be Joker's (laughs) little protege. Does he have anything booked yet? Where's my man? What's next on our list, Mitchell? Let's talk about Challengers. Let's talk about Luca. (gasps) Yes, please. Let's talk about Guadagnino. Coming out April 26th. They pushed it back. It was it was going to premiere at Venice this past year. Some Something happened. I can't remember what. Something that dominated the airwaves for the entire year. But they pushed it back. Because you got to get Zendaya. You got to get Zendaya on the red carpets promoting challengers. You got to get Mike Feist. You got to get Josh O'Connor out there. These people need to work. What are you doing, Lazy yeah. Bones Zendaya? This challengers, you know, it's a movie following three players, three tennis players who knew each other when they were teenagers as they compete in a new tournament to be the world-famous Grand Slam winner. Ever heard of it? And they reignite old rivalries on and perhaps off the court. Maybe even <laughs> off the court. Slim, what's what's going on with you in tennis? What's up with you in tennis? What's the backstory? Uh, I played a lot of tennis in high school. This might come as a shock to many Weekend Watch List listeners. Obviously, I was very popular in high school. You know, tennis, comic books, pro wrestling often called the loser triple threat. <laughs> but I haven't played in a long time. So it has tennis. It has my interest. It has Zendaya. It has my interest. You know, there's a lot of buzz on the internet. This could be another, this is like a, the hornier version of Hitman. You know, people are saying with Glenn Powell. Hornier? I don't know if that's true. Yeah, hornier. I don't know if that's true. I'll have to see for it. myself. Day one, row one. No, I'm not going to row one. Um, <laughs> But I'm interested to see this. Mia, what about you? What's your what's your Guadagnino vibes? Oh, I here's the thing. I really trust him with eroticism. He knows mm. what is erotic as a, on account of he is an Italian man, um, an Italian gay man at that. Like that is he is the expert. Um, so I'm I am fully fully into this. Uh, he's also allegedly. Do we know about this? He's got a new movie maybe coming out next year called Queer, starring Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig what? and queer. Leslie Manville and Jason Schwartzman. So I, I trust him. I'm really looking forward to this. Also, Slim, mm. I come from a tennis family. My mom really? is a tennis, a tennis maniac. legacy, a Nepo tennis yes. baby. I am a Nepo tennis baby. I was very bad at it. She, my, since my mom is a tennis mom, she like signed me up for all these tennis classes and camps, and I was horrendous, just horrendous. <laughs> Um, but she's very, very good and she's in a league and every time I track her location, she's at the tennis court. So really slim, slim. I wish I had known that you're, you're a tennis. I have, I have rackets in the trunk of my car. We got a tennis court at my apartment complex where you helped me move into. We could have, we could have played some, played some rounds while you were here. We'll play some tennis in Delaware in PA. The next time you're in town, we'll go play some ice hockey together. I'm sure that's going to go fantastically (laughs) for me. Uh, another thing that's going to go fantastically for Mitchell, our, the next on our list, Deadpool 3. Perfect transition. By- <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool 3. This, this is coming out July 26th. I can't believe it's actually so soon. Is that real? I feel like they're still filming it. Uh, the synopsis, the third entry in the Deadpool franchise. Plot what did they take TBA. that from Joker? 
Yeah, copying <laughs> obvious Joker. Joker homage. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman. I know. Listen, folks, just calm down. We're talking about Deadpool for a second. I don't, I don't know how people, how much people love Deadpool. Mm. I wasn't enthralled about the mainstream Deadpool. I grew up in a comic nerd, as mentioned before. It was friendless in high school, but Deadpool was cool. He was hip. He was like a bad boy. Merc with then. a mouth. The merc with a mouth. Ugh. Um. But then he got, like, really popular, and I kind of got turned off to him. I was like, this isn't cool anymore. With that said, I thought the second movie was pretty funny. The X-Force stuff was hilarious. So they're adding Wolverine into this, and I'm all in. I'll say that right now. I'm all in. Listen, I find Ryan Reynolds to be the same way everyone else does, okay? That's all I'm going to say. But I'm excited for this. That's... That is not true. I have talked crap about Ryan Reynolds to people, and they go... What? I thought everybody loved him. Like, people love him. People love him, wow. Slim. He's America's sweetheart. And Canada's, probably. Uh. Mitchell, I'm presuming you will not be a day one, row one, Deadpool 3 ticket purchase. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say some stuff, and then I'll say one positive thing. For me, it's a damn shame they're bringing Hugh Jackman back to do this. I don't know. I don't know how much... How much cash they put, they backed up into his mansion to mm-hmm. to get him to to roll out to you know I I'm worried about him he's he's getting up there in age I don't think he should be doing this to his body anymore but what I will say is and first of all and it's whatever but what I'll say is that when I was looking up the cast list for this yesterday I saw Jennifer Garner on there and I was like Jennifer Garner what, what is she doing in here is she could it be and then I looked up and it says she's playing Electra. What? Not, what? That has not been announced. That's got to be some kind of. It's on someone Letterboxd, made a, buddy. Someone made a mistake. It's well, on Letterbox and it's on Wikipedia. So I don't, you know, people. <laughs> those are two services are all, that no one can just edit. Those are all very <laughs> reputable sources. I'll say, I will say, I'm, I'm sure if she is in it, we don't know. Allegedly, it's probably for some weird gag where they're going to dunk on the Daredevil movie. But the Daredevil movie, IMO. Very good. Way better than any of the Deadpools. I'll watch Daredevil any day. What if, let me just say something crazy. What if they get Daredevil Ben Affleck in this movie? What if we get Colin Farrell as Bullseye in this movie? Oh. Can we do it? Listen up. That sounds like, honestly, that sounds like a a thing that the the Deadpool people would do. You know what, Deadpool 3? You got me. Ryan Reynolds, here's my money. You did it. (laughs) You finally did it. Free guy. Free guy. Which I did watch. I have to say something. I have to say something. Please. This is a space. Matthew McFadden. He is in this film. The announcement really, really hurt me psychically, physically, (laughs) uh, spiritually. He's going to make me watch a Deadpool movie in full. Um, and it's like, I already knew that when they announced this news eight months ago, but I had blocked it out until now and it's starting to become real. Um, and they haven't announced who he's playing yet. And I'm worried it's going to be a major role. Um, so Slim, you are the comics guy. Could you please tell me who he could possibly be playing this Tom Wamscans of succession? Listen, Uh, who would that be in the Deadpool world? What if... We're talking about Ben Affleck, Daredevil. What if he comes on screen as Mr. Darcy for the whole movie? You know? <laughs> it's 
just another running gag in the Deadpool that's universe. The only way. It's possible, like, folks. As we were saying, like getting Lady get Gaga ready. for Joker two. That's the only way to get me there. And the, the thing too, like we, I don't know if we've mentioned this is the first. This is the first Deadpool movie in in the officially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's in it oh, now. Yeah. This is the first mm-hmm. like full crossover. You know, we're we're going in. You know, doing it. We're doing the thing. So we're who knows? It. Who knows what could happen? Who knows? Matthew McFadden. Maybe he's playing Iron Man. We don't know. He could be any of these guys. I could see that. We should move on. Mia is obviously stressed. <laughs> What's the next movie on our list? Maybe it will de-stress you somehow. Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay now. It's Mickey 17, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Um, so I'm happy and everything's fine. So here's <laughs> the thing, though. We don't mm-hmm. exactly know when this one is coming out. It was initially slated for a March 29th release, but WB pulled it from the slate. So Mickey 17 played by Robert Pattinson, is an expendable, quote, a disposable employee on a human expedition (laughs) sent to colonize the ice world Niflheim. After one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with most of its memories intact. So again, supposed to come out on March 29th, was pulled. We are hoping, praying for a can release in May. I don't know, could be cool, especially after Parasite's Big can win back in the day. Um, I'm hoping for that very badly because it is the return of Robert Pattinson, as well as Stephen Yoon, Naomi Aki, Mark Ruffalo, and Tony Collette. I saw the cast and I was pretty blown away. And I remember when they announced this, this was like, I mean, letter letterbox catnip when when people heard about this movie being announced. So I don't know what the story is with it being taken off the slate is there still like yeah i mean it, it doesn't there's no like details on it. it it's like tricky with wb especially with how recent you know in recent past they've been like having a bunch of movies where they've been pulling um the bad girl situation the uh what, god i can't remember it's like like coyote versus acme is the name of the, oh, yeah, the wily coyote yeah. one where they've been like pulling movies and just like selling them for tax write-offs and like that's kind of like the one concern that could be going with it because they didn't like they didn't push it they didn't you know announce a release push back they only announced that they pulled it from the calendar and moved Godzilla X Kong Slim you'll get the chance to talk about that later up to <laughs> up to its date so like we don't we really don't have a clue what's going on with Mickey Seventeen right now the hope certainly would be that they have been seeing the footage they've been doing some test screenings and maybe it's you know, going better than they were expecting. And so they're trying to maybe push it back for like an award season kind of thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially, you know, the follow-up movie to Parasite from Bong Joon-ho, the first movie, the first non-English movie to ever win Best Picture. Like you've got to hope that they're not like just going to dump this like somewhere. And it feels like kind of like a late March release maybe wasn't the right move. And so maybe mm-hmm. they're maybe they're posi- positioning it for something better. Um, like Mia, I certainly am like frothing at the mouth for this movie. Um, I, Bong Joon-ho, I've seen every single one of his movies. I rate every single one of his movies at least four on Letterboxd. Uh, like he is like probably the most consistent working director for me right now. So anything he's doing, I'm signing up big time. Anything Robert Pattinson's doing, I'm signing up big time. I think he's one of the most interesting mm-hmm. actors working right now. So the two of them That's together- That's right, Mitchell. That's right. Is- out of control. I'm in. <laughs> do we need to start to believe again? Do we need to do hands up for a potential, <laughs> like, you know, not moved off the entire slate for the yeah. I, I'm putting all my chips in on a can release, y'all. I am, I, 
I firmly believe this is going to play at Cannes. I know this to be true in my heart, in my soul. Um, it already is. Mia's, a, Mia's announcing it right now. <laughs> I'm Mia announcing knows. it. Again, we break news here. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is another announcement, um, along wow. with Matthew McFadden playing Mr. Darcy in Deadpool 3. Um, <laughs> and, and Iron Man. He's playing both of them. Yes, Darcy and, and Iron Man. Man. He's playing both. Right, right. He's playing both. If yeah. you want to put yeah, money yeah. down on these bets, do so at podcast at letterbox.com. Mia will, will take care of that <laughs> for Hashtag you. Hashtag Hogman. Cash. <laughs> Hashtag Hogman or we won't read it. Let's talk about, I want to know what Nosferatu's thoughts are on Hogman. Let's not, we'll, we'll find out. I think we'll find out on, on Christmas Day when we, when we see Nosferatu directed by Robert Eggers. Ever heard of him? It's on 143,000 watch lists. We're, wow. We haven't dropped in all the numbers for these. We don't need to go through, you know, the minutia and all of these figures, but 143,000 watch lists, you know, a year before this movie comes out. That's pretty hype. This one's coming out from Focus Features. Uh, and it's a Dracula movie. The synopsis, the official log line, a gothic tale of obsession between a haunted young woman and the terrifying vampire infatuated with her, causing untold horror in its wake. It's a Dracula movie, people. Robert Eggers <laughs> is doing Dracula. It's coming out on Christmas. A very fun release date for this. I think that, you know, these counter-programming Christmas releases are are a lot of fun. It reminds me of the girl with the dragon tattoo coming out on Christmas. What a hoot that was. I don't know. What do you guys feel about? Are you are you rolling up on Christmas Day to see Nosferatu? Christmas Day, day one. Bring in yes. the fam? Yes, I am. The Lighthouse is such a five-star movie for me that I will you follow mug. Robert you Eggers. You have a mug. I do have a mug. I have a mug. I have the special 4K Blu-ray thing. I will buy all Lighthouse merch um so yeah i I have to hear that a24 or you can just send it to me please (laughs) please send me lighthouse stuff um because i will follow robert eggers anywhere and i i do mourn that we lost anya taylor joy um she was supposed to be in this film but then you know furiosa got in the way so that's even more reason Mm -hmm. for that movie to be worth it but I'm still so down. You guys know I love vampires. You guys know I love haunted young women and the terrifying vampires infatuated with them. So yeah, I'm going to be there. Oh, and I hope they make Dracula hot. I really don't like vampire movies where Dracula isn't hot. It bothers me. I think that vampires should be sexy all the time, even if it's not how they're described in the original source material. Um, yeah. Is there any kind of, like, franchise where, like, the the vampires are, like, sexy, shimmering, Hmm, or anything? Is there, like, a franchise of movies about that? True Blood. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds kind of familiar, but, no, I think this is just something that I like on my own with no outside influences. Mm. I started laughing of thinking about, like, a limited edition podcast series that you host that is just leading up to Nosferatu for, like, four weeks ahead of release. <laughs> it, just, it seems like a fitting project that we should investigate. Uh, I just rewatched Bram Stoker's Dracula and then listened to the audio commentary. Man, what a hoot. Great movie, but also just kind of the stories behind the production of that movie. So that just thinking about that and listening to those stories gets me excited for Nosferatu. When I first saw The Witch, The Witch, I didn't like it too much, but I, re- I rewatched it recently and I really liked it a lot. Great movie. I saw it four times in theaters. Four times? Yes. Yes. Oh my Whoa. God. That's I saw The Lighthouse three times in theaters, so I didn't what? quite beat We're you, doing but it. we are still supporting Eggers. That's Robert, nice. you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Robert, if you want to come on our, our podcast limited series, About Mia and Nosferatu, <laughs> whatever, whatever we want to call it, by all means, please do so. So yeah, I'm excited for this. I... I it also feels like a project that's been around for maybe the same amount of time as Wicked, almost. It like, is this not happening? Is it happening? So it's finally happening. Mia, who's in, who's in Nosferatu? Who should we look forward to since uh, Anya's no longer attached? 
Well, I'm glad you asked, Slim. Nosferatu stars. Bill Skarsgård, Nicholas Holt, Lily Rose Depp, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Emma Corrin, and Mitchell's guy, Willem Dafoe. It's my boy. They got that, they've released that one still of him looking cracked and crazy. And I just love, anytime Robert Eggers calls him up, I feel like Robert Eggers calls Willem Dafoe up like once, once a year and is like, hey, I got some freaky little goblin creature of a character for you to play and Willem's like I'm there I'm, I'm getting on the plane right now I'm doing it <laughs> and I'm another great interview this year you spoke to Willem I'm doing it I'm hitting all of them I'm getting them all I'm taking them all off the list I'm the, I'm the hit man now Glenn Powell <laughs> Oh my God. Probably really needs no introduction, but it's on 215,000 watch list, Dune Part 2, Denny Villeneuve. Do I need to really even give the synopsis for the second movie? People know what's happening. This one has been, you know, pushed back, pushed up. It's got the biggest cast, maybe in movie history. Let's face facts. Timothy, Zendaya, Rebecca, Josh, Austin, Florence, Dave, Walken and a bunch of others. It's the fourth WB movie on this top 10 list. Um, I, I'm trying to think of when I first saw the the first movie. I think I watched it at home. No, I, I went to theaters to see it. And then I rewatched it at home. Remember, gosh, remember when back in the day when this was released simultaneously? They were throwing and, everything on Max or HBO Max back in the day. Um, so I'm excited to see the reaction to this because if I remember when Dune came out, Everyone in your mother was watching that movie over and over again because you could at home. Mm. So I'm curious to see how this will play out on Letterboxd now that it's exclusively in theaters, you know, like IMAX presentation. Will those rewatches, will it, you know, be viewed as fast as the last one was? So I'm, I'm curious how this is going to happen in theaters this year. Listen, I'm going to be honest here, guys. We, we, can be, we can be truthful here. We can say all the things that we need to say. I thought the first Dune was kind of a snooze. I what, What's your rating for Dune? One. Uh, two? I think a two. Whoa, a re, a, okay. A respectful two out of five on Letterboxd. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched it on Max on a laptop. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I always hear people shouting, you got to see this in theaters. You got to see this in theaters. If a movie makes me fall asleep at home, I don't know. That's the movie's problem. IMO. Wow. But listen. Wow. I'll see. I'll watch Dune too. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was interested in... What was happening at the end? The most interesting stuff for me in Dune was what was going on with like the Freeman and everything. And mm-hmm. that seems like that's the direction that two is going. So I'm I'm more interested in like the direction that they're heading in than I was in all of the the other stuff in the first one. And they've added some some stack new names to this cast. I'm excited to see Christopher Walken being a weirdo. But oh, I th- yeah. feel like I mostly just want to see if Stephen McKinley Henderson is bringing back that little sweet pirouette again. Like what? What a little doll he was in that first one. So I want to see. I want to see what's up with that. Mia, what are you? What are your feelings on Dune and your your Wonka boy, Timothy? <laughs> Wonka boy. Well, I'm actually going to say that I strangely feel similar about this as I did with Wonka. Let me explain. It's because I plan on taking a big edible. <laughs> and rocking out at this movie, just like I did at Wonka. Like, I, I I, watched the first film this way in IMAX in row four, and it really God, rocked my God. world seeing it that way. And I am admittedly excited to do that again. I want to see that big worm. You got to see right. that worm. What was the movie you, you saw where you, like, lost your vape pen? Wasn't there, like, a whole— The Fablemans. Remember that? The Fablemans. Mm. <laughs> Sammy yeah. Fableman. How dare Sammy. you? 
Sammy, you please. You took my vape pen away from me. Sammy, no. I, so that's that's the top 10, folks, for 2024 so far. Nothing really shocking to me, but I am, like I said, I'm keenly interested to see the Dune response. You know, that that's exclusively in theaters. So, uh, But enough about the top 10 list, okay? We want to hear about what we're excited. You might have heard some of this on the Best in Show Year in Review jam-packed episode that we were all on. Um, but Mia, let's start with you. What What's something that is not out yet, maybe not on the top 10 most watch-listed list that you're looking forward to? Well, as we may recall, Poor Things was my favorite film of last year. I am a big Yorgos Lanthimos fan. He is my favorite working director by a long shot, and he has a new film called Kinds of Kindness. This is an anthology film telling three separate stories with the cast playing different characters in each. And the ensemble is my gal, Emma Stone, Mitchell's guy, Willem Dafoe, Jesse Plemons. Slim, is that your guy? Love Jesse. that be your guy? Love You like Jesse Plemons? Okay. Slim's guy, Jesse Plemons, Hong Chow, Joe Alwyn, Margaret Qualley, Mamadou Athi, and Hunter Schaefer. Woohoo! Hunter. Yes. Hunter. So I'm very, very excited for that film. I'm also excited for Saw 11. That's right. (laughs) Saw X was so successful, thank God, that we are finally back in that era of getting a new Saw movie every year. And that makes me finally feel safe again. We are finally a country again. Everything is everything is fine. It actually solved every issue in the world. Uh, Saw 11's release. That is going to be on September 27th, 2024. That's the day we'll achieve world peace. Um, they haven't announced a director yet. No director. So, hey, maybe I have a they'll shot. Turn, they'll turn I'll that apply. around by September without a director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think plenty, it'll be really good. Like plenty of time to, to get into pre-production. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to come in. I'm going to save it. Yeah, you and Billy, the puppet on the director's chair, orchestrating a film. (laughs) Mitchell, what about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll say, I mean, Paul Schrader, uh, you know, my favorite director. So no surprise, my most anticipated of the year is O Canada, his next one that's coming out. Um, I know he was talking about wanting to see if it can get into Cannes. If not Cannes, maybe Venice. Um, It's an adaptation of a novel from Russell Banks, who wrote the novel that Affliction was based on, which is one of my favorite Schrader movies. Um, it's also the the novel of Canada is like bleak, like absolutely bleak. It's about a documentary filmmaker dying of cancer who fled to Canada in the 60s to avoid uh, being drafted into Vietnam. And oh. he's agreed to um, like an interview by a reporter who play, is played in the film by Jacob Elordi. Um, and that's basically mm-hmm. it. Like it's, it's really going through this guy's life. And Schrader has uh, recently, he compared O Canada to Mishima, out of all of his movies, oh. which Slim and you and I talked about, Mishima with David Ehrlich earlier, uh, well, last year now. Um, and so, I mean, Mishima, like, I think is, you know, top 50 of all time masterpiece. So, Schrader's, you know, comp in that one, uh, really on board for whatever he's got going on here. My other one, I'll just quickly mention, uh, Presence, the new Steven Soderbergh movie. Steven Soderbergh, also always somebody I'm always going to be hyped for, um, especially when he's reuniting with David Kep who wrote My Beloved Kimmy, a.k.a. the best movie of 2022. Uh, and this one, like like parts of Kimmy, this is a home invasion thriller, which is a cap specialty because he also wrote Panic Room. And this one's starring Lucy Liu, Julia Fox, yeah. Chris Sullivan. Uh, like it's premiering at Sundance, so we'll soon hear word on what kind of the response is to it. 
but it's only playing in person at Sundance. So I can't see it because oh. I'm only attending Sundance at home, whatever. Steven, call me. Womp, Slim, what about womp. you? What's what's stomping into your watch list this year? I just want to quickly call out call it out again. It's a you know under the radar movie, low budget, Godzilla mm-hmm. X Kong, the New Empire. Mm. Uh, and who, who are the main characters in that? <laughs> it has a goofy name, I'll admit. <laughs> but let, let me tell you, folks, the, the legendary the legendary ship has been righted with uh, Godzilla versus Kong. The way that that movie played out, the battles, the CGI, maybe the best CGI in a film ever. So I'm all in on Godzilla and Kong teaming up to take down this new threat uh, in in this secret world at the center of the earth. I'm all in, especially at IMAX. Mia, you linked me to a movie that I had not even heard of, Alien Romulus, directed by Fade Alvarez. Same director, Don't Breathe, the Evil Dead remake. Um, I had no idea this movie was even existed, but it also has... Kaylee Spaney, a group of young people in a distant world, find themselves in a confrontation with the most terrifying life form in the universe. So hot off the heels of Priscilla and into the alien depths of space. So I added that to my watch From list. From one sniveling monster to another, Kaylee Spaney, <laughs> going at it. <laughs> so those are, those are two that I want to spotlight. I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a great year for your old pal Slim, I think. Okay, y'all. It's time. It's time for our most sacred tradition here at Weekend Watch List. We are going to shuffle our own watch list. We got to put a freaking dent in this thing. Last time we were on together for our fall preview episode, we all shuffled our watch list. We have had plenty of time to catch up. Do y'all remember what you got and did you watch them? Can I just say a little bit of little bit of background, a little bit of background color for people listening? I watched my movie months ago. I watched my movie a while back. As we've been preparing to record this, Slim and Mia, Slim watched his yesterday. (laughs) Mia, moments before recording this, was finishing hers. I had to remind these two that this is even a a part of the show. So I don't know. Slim, what, what what did you watch? I watched. First of all, I had I had to go back to that fall episode to even hear what the heck I I shuffled, and I got the mechanic, Charles Bronson, my boy, directed by Michael Winter. I believe this came out the year after Death Wish. It's got an amazing poster. If you look up the mechanic or even the list, it's streaming on Prime. Um, the first twenty minutes of this movie, he essentially plays like a hit a hitman who works for some bad guys, um, but he has like this lush house. You know, he listens to classical music. You know, it's kind of like cliche to think about now. But it actually starts out almost identically to The Killer, where it's him alone setting up a hit. And it's like the first 15, 20 minutes, there's no dialogue. Some would say the way The Killer should have gone with no dialogue. Um, However, after all that cool stuff happens, it it does drift a little bit. He takes on Jan Michael Vincent as his like, understudy and this is 1972 so um they start doing some work together um it's not as good as the original death wish which i just also re uh, watched for the first time ever and i really enjoyed it um but charles bronson looks incredible his fit in this movie is off the charts i don't know he, he was he like a sex symbol back then in the 70s because i mean he just looks great his hair especially is just to die for back I don't know then. if he was a sex symbol, but he was definitely like the like the man's man kind of guy. Like I him and have you ever seen um the Walter Hill movie Hard Times? No. 
it's a goddamn gem. Okay. You gotta, you gotta I'm add it, adding. add it to the watch list now on the record, or we will not end this episode. But that's, I, that's like a classic Bronson one. He's got short hair in this. Where's the yeah. hair? Short oh hair. He's, he's I, bare knuckle boxing no. in it. What? Okay. It's out of All control. Right. Mia, what were you watching right before we recorded this? <laughs> <laughs> Moments before we recorded this. Yes, yes. Well, shout out to Tubi and Peacock for having this film, Watching the Detectives. Um, so in case you don't remember the log line that I shared months ago, which you all should, <laughs> obviously, um, this is what it is. Neil, played by Killian Murphy, Oppie himself, a self-proclaimed film geek and owner of Gumshoe Video, has always been content to live vicariously through his favorite film's noir. But when he meets Violet, Lucy Liu, a real-life femme fatale, his mundane world gets turned upside down, and the line between reality and the movies quickly begin to blur. That is Whoa. so up my alley. It's ridiculous. Um, so I... Even though this is very much a male fantasy movie <laughs> about, you know, this dorky cinephile bagging this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman, um, I really liked it against my better judgment. I mean, just the joy of seeing Killian Murphy in a video store surrounded by movie posters like Phantom of the Paradise and like Reefer Madness and everything. Um, I mean, that was immediately offset by a Jason Sudeikis jump scare. He plays his coworker, which is upsetting. <laughs> um but it's it's a movie where Killian is trying his best to do comedy, and I'm trying my best to let him. It doesn't come supernaturally to this famously very serious man, but it is sweet to to watch him, you know, fumble around. And he wears a lot of really funny, silly costumes throughout. Like sometimes he's in a muscle tee singing and playing electric guitar. Sometimes he's dressed like a cowboy oh. doing a John Wayne impression. Sometimes he's dressed like he's in a noir movie. Like it's, if you... If you're a Killian thirst watcher, you have to watch this movie. Also, if you're a Lucy Liu thirst watcher, like I am, you must watch this movie. Last thing I'll say is there is a genuinely very, very... No, I have two more things to say. I lied to you. I have <laughs> two things to say. Two things, and then I'll get out of your hair. The movie begins with him getting dumped because he made his girlfriend watch The Seventh Seal, and he talks about oh Ingmar Bergman too much. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. This has <laughs> happened to all of us, I believe. Last thing I'll say for real is that there is a genuinely funny scene where Killian is playing baseball and he hits a home run all while sobbing over a girl. So he like <laughs> hits it. He's crying, crying in a very dramatic, hammy way. And then he runs around like flailing around the baseball diamond, just sobbing. And I was actually really, really laughing out loud. So there are some good moments. It is a classic three stars and a heart from me. Thank you very oh, much. Classic. Mitchell, it's your turn. Yeah, I got, so the movie that I watched quite a while ago, um, responsibly, <laughs> was uh, The Gunfighter, starring Gregory Peck. It's an old school 50s Western. Um, it rules. Uh, uh, like, it's like 90 minutes long, maybe even less. Um, it's very, like, this taut and effective. I, like, I'm getting really into Westerns this year, guys. It's kind of my thing now. Um, I, because I always kind of dismissed them as being like, you know, stereotypical, like jingoistic kind of stuff. But like, there are some really interesting stuff out there. I, I was really, I was writing them off for no, no good reason. And the gunfighter is this like really dope, like deconstruction of American myth making and how like, no matter like what your station is, you're either always not getting enough or you've gotten too much and others want to take you down because they feel like you haven't earned it. And Gregory Peck is playing this guy who has his reputation as being, like the best gun in the West. And so like, he can't, he just wants to live his life. He's, he's going into this town trying to like reconnect with 
this like estranged woman who is the mother of his child and he just wants to like see her and he this guy can't even sit in a bar without some little scrub coming up to him with a gun being like hey man you're not that tough and trying to like shoot him down and he has to just keep plugging these guys like what are you like get away from me like i'm not even trying to do it don't make me kill you you know it's i mean it just rules it's really good it reminded me a lot of like the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford Mm -hmm. and like just this kind of like sadness of like having like what having a legacy like that actually means and how like you're just trying to be a normal person and you can't like live up to like these people who either look at you as this like icon this great icon that you could never live up to or these people that want to take you down to like make a name for themselves um i really loved it it looks it looks crazy cool there's a lot of like deep focus interior photography in this which you don't really get a lot of in like westerns which take you know mostly take place outdoors and so there's some really cool um shots in this i yeah i highly recommend it for anybody it's it's very easy to watch too if you're like me and are like oh maybe westerns aren't for me definitely give this one a give this one a look Mitchell, thank you, because one of my resolutions has been to watch more Westerns, because I have the same opinion where I've just kind of avoided them um, because they're not really my cup of tea. But there I agree. There is some there is some great stuff in there. So I will be watching The Gunfighter. Thank you, Mitchell. I watched this one slim on a Blu-ray Criterion. They have not put out a 4K yet, but if they do, I will buy it. (laughs) All right, well, we, we're not the only ones who who shuffle our watch list. Even though Weekend Watch List is not a, a weekly pod anymore, we still have our beloved fans who have been routinely still logging, logging their watches, shuffling. I've got some friends who text me every week with what their, their new watch list shuffle is. Shout out Trippin' Ross. <laughs> and they're shuffling their, their watch list and they're logging them and they're, and they're tagging them. So let's let's look at some of the, some of the reviews that people have, have marked. Um, I'm going to shout out uh, Zach's review. So Zach reviewed Love Actually recently um, for, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, maybe there was a letterbox show. Maybe there's something in the letterbox show feed mm-hmm. that, that prompted this. And Zach said, I avoided this film for 20 years. Just didn't think it was my cup of tea. Finally watched it so I could listen to the letterbox podcast. It's terrible. Awful. <laughs> makes very little sense and might be responsible for the last 13 years of this car crash Tory government. Oh Zach, I think that there's a podcast that largely agrees with you. Yeah. No refunds. That's what we have to say after that. No refunds on that episode. Nobody nobody said that having to watch the movies requirement to listen to the pod. <laughs> what about you guys? Are there some reviews that you that you wanted to shout out? I do want to uh, spotlight Dare's review for Copland. I love Copland. Masterpiece. I think it's time for a rewatch. Is there a 4K box set of Copland out there? There's just a Blu-ray. I have mm. it, of course. Uh, Stallone's best performance, IMO. Easily. I mean, he's a master. Dare, Dare says, quote, a blue-collar masterpiece. Subtle performance by Stallone and a knockout cast of... Who's who sleazy underworld crime actors cemented by Mangold's grounded script and direction. I remember there was a while where that was like always streaming on Hulu. So mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, it's pretty easy to to watch that. Definitely recommend that as well. Mia, what about you? Is there anything that stood out to you? Yes, there was. In fact, there's a review of a little film called Wonka. <laughs> Uh-oh. This oh, is gosh. by yeah, <laughs> this is by Lord Newton. No, Timothy Chalamet will not be releasing a solo album anytime soon with his vocal talents, but I feel he got the job done, and I found myself enjoying his raw, relatable singing in relation to the overall tone of the movie. I did find the magic of Willy Wonka in this film, and I hope people find the happiness in it as I did. Hear that, Mitchell? Magic's still out there. Magic's still out there. <laughs> Magic I haven't watched still Wonka exists. yet. I'm not... <laughs> 
We don't know. I we need don't know. I the half like star. It. I need Mitchell's half star review of Wonka <laughs> now. Like I need them to watch it just so I can read their thoughts. All right, let's let's head back to our watch list. We're gonna do it again, folks. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna head to our watch list. Shuffle along with us. I am going to let's see. I'm gonna go to my services. I'm going to filter by stream, and I'm gonna sort by shuffle. I'm on the web right now, and the next move. Oh my god, the next movie. Do you believe? I haven't even watched the second one, but Death Wish Three is Are my shuffle pack. It's gonna be a Death know. Wish weekend, folks. <laughs> Charles Bronson is streaming on Max right now. God bless. Michael Winner. I don't need to read the description of Death Wish 3, but I know this is a highly rated movie. That's why it's on my watch list. So who's next? I'll go. I'll go. So I got, I think, Slim, I think this is a five-star movie for for my old pal Slime over here. (laughs) Directed by Rowdy Harrington, 1989, Patrick Swayze, Roadhouse. What? I've never seen Roadhouse. Oh my God. And it looks like I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it on that Vinegar Syndrome 4K Blu-ray, which I own. The Double Deuce is the meanest, loudest, and rowdiest bar south of the Mason-Dixon line, and Dalton has been hired to clean it up. He might not look like much, but the PhD-educated bouncer proves he's more than capable Busting the heads of troublemakers and turning the roadhouse into a jumping hotspot. But Dalton's romance with the gorgeous Dr. Clay puts him on the bad side of cutthroat local big shot Brad Wesley. Brad Wesley is like the lamest villain name I've heard oh in my, my entire God. life. But you are in for it. This is <laughs> this, this is, is like cream of the cream of the crop from the 80s right now. I'm ready I, for you it. and Sam need to order some wings, maybe some like, you know, chocolate dessert from Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. And just get ready for the night of a lifetime right now with Roadhouse. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time down in the the double deuce. What about you, Mia? What'd you get? <laughs> okay, so admittedly, I forgot to mark um any favorite service. So it came up with Mickey 17. Um I don't think I'll be able to maybe watch that one. Um Womp Womp. <laughs> Chilly Scenes of Winter, 1979, directed by Joan. Micklin Silver. I'm always getting rom-coms because that is mostly what my watch list consists of. Charles is a bored civil servant struggling through a harsh Utah winter. He spends most of his time reflecting on his romance with Laura, a co-worker who left him to return to her husband, an A-frame salesman. This sounds like the kind of low-stakes thing that I want to snuggle up with my cat in in bed and watch when it's really, really cold. Um, So, great pick. We love Joan Micklin Silver, don't we, folks? Yeah, Between the Lines, come on. <gasps> oh, Between the Lines, I had gotten, last thing I'll say, Between the Lines and Hester Street, I got both of those for Weekend Watch List Shuffle. Yeah, you so did. It's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, yeah. nice that I'm getting yet another one. Woohoo! Chili Seems of Winter Rules, too. I've watched it once a year the last two years around the, the, the wintry time. It's a perfect film. It's a winter dreamland right now, <laughs> Joan Micklin Silver. You can follow Mia Mitchell Slim, that's me, and our HQ page on Letterboxd using the links in the episode notes. And if you have time, maybe drop a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps folks spread the word about the show. Thanks to our crew and thanks to Letterboxd member Trent Walton for the theme music, Eyes On. And thanks to you for listening. Weekend Watchlist is a Tape Deck production.
This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Oh.